Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig with details. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax. Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We are joined, as always, with our super producer, Alexis, codenamed Doc Holiday Jackson. Most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this stuff they don't want you to know. This is our weekly listener mail segment, where we hear directly from the most important part of this show, you and your fellow listeners. So we've got a we've got a grab bag here today of some of some pretty crazy stuff. Uh, we've got some celebrity conspiracies. We've got some um, let's see some geographical conspiracies you could call them. And then of course we've got an interesting question about COVID nineteen. Perhaps we should go in reverse order of that list today. COVID nineteen. Uh, you may have heard of it recently it's it's been in the news a time or two and we've had a lot of questions coming in about covid-19 and coronavirus on the show and here is one such question from a member of the public hey matt ben noel whoever ends up looking and listening to this voicemail uh Sorry for the wind. I'm out on a walk while I'm listening. I was just listening to the coronavirus update a little late, I know, but decision fatigue and all that. And I was thinking about how my fiance and I are about 70% sure, maybe 80% sure that we got COVID-19 in uh, middle of February. And I've been seeing a lot recently about whether or not it was in America before America wants to talk about it. Anyways, nice to, nice to talk to you, I guess. Bye. Yeah, uh, this is a question that I think we've we've been hearing a lot, um, not only from you know folks writing into the show, but also you know, me personally. At least it's certain it's been something that I've encountered in my regular life and even my personal life. Um, I have a very very dear friend who I believe Ben, you have met my my good friend Harry, who um, is someone who used to run a record store in the town where I grew up and just turned me on to all kinds of cool music, and he's been just kind of a fixture in my life for a very long time. Um, he's a little older than us and he got sick, uh, to the point where he was kind of on death's door. Um, and it was something that he couldn't 
put his finger on. He had no idea what it was. It was a respiratory thing. It was a dry cough. Uh, it was fatigue. It was literally he couldn't get out of bed. And he doesn't have uh, health insurance. And so he kind of just had to, like, wait it out. And um, he lost all this weight. And then it just kind of was gone. And, you know, the only thing he can figure, and this was in uh, December, the only thing he can figure is that it was COVID before, you know, it was acknowledged that it was around. Um, I have several other friends who have said the same thing, that they got really sick in, you know, mid-February or a little later in February, even early February, or even as early as January. And, you know, was that COVID? The official story um, that, you know, is is what's being put forth in terms of the government response is that it arrived in Washington state at the end of February. There is another story, a New York times article from May 15th by Mike Baker. Uh, when did the coronavirus arrive in the U S kind of goes through sort of the evidence and, and reviews it. Um, there was a death in San Jose uh, that was associated with the coronavirus in early February. And that at the time of this article was thought to have kind of been the impetus for like a search for how that person was exposed. But correct me if I'm wrong, gentlemen, but I believe the official story remains that it wasn't in the United States until it hit Seattle at the end of, at the end of February. Well, far be it for me to be conspiratorial here, but I tend to, uh, in cases like this, where the science often takes a backseat to um, media portrayals and to political aims of those in power, or should I say those responsible for doing their jobs. I still read the papers and outlets of note, but I go first to uh, scientific journals and first to the um, the state-supported reports from institutions. So one of the things that kind of squigs me out about this is that the CDC was reporting a narrative that wasn't as widely reported in some of the, you know, some of the mainstream outlets. Uh, I'm specifically thinking about a morbidity and mortality weekly report. That's a cheerful title there uh, from the CDC on June 5th, 2020, where they found evidence for limited early spread of COVID-19 within the U.S. from January to February of 2020. Short and dirty, unless you want to read the whole report, the first cases of not what's called non-travel related COVID-19 in the U.S. were confirmed on February 26th and 28th of this year, respectively. The reason that's important is because that all but confirms community transmission was already occurring because, you know, again, these are the cases that were caught. And to your point, Noel, I don't know about you guys, but I've been retroactively looking at uh, many friends who had a mysterious respiratory ailment in say January or something or right. February and thought, and you know, most of whom insisted even after the news of COVID broke that they had something different uh, without antibody tests or without a positive COVID test, you know, we can only speculate, but Charlie, what what's fascinating here is that the CDC appears to confirm your suspicions. COVID-19 was likely in the U S earlier than was originally thought. Is that not the confirmed case from January 20th of 2020 uh, that was actually reported to CDC on January 22nd? The report that I'm mentioning, again, is talking about non-travel-related COVID-19, which occurred on February 26th and 28th. So the January one may be a report of travel-related COVID. The only difference, obviously, is that the two cases in late February that were confirmed were occurring in people who had not traveled very much at all, much less internationally. So the only way that they could have gotten or contracted COVID-19 is if it came to them, which is a, a huge distinction. To the January point, you know, it makes sense that the transfer would have, you know, would have hit international travelers first, especially because questions, serious questions remain about when exactly 
coronavirus broke out in China. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I was reading just to add on to all those dates that we've been talking about. I was reading about a woman who was in the Bay Area of San, like around San Francisco, 57 year old woman named Patricia Dowd, who passed away on February 6th. And it was unknown how she died originally, but after doing some testing on her uh, via the coroner, they found out that she actually had coronavirus. Um, so that means if she died on February 6th, she likely had it in January in San Francisco. So just to add on to that, it does feel like you, you guys are saying, like the evidence is showing that it was much earlier than we, I guess, initially believed. But, but to your point, Ben, I mean, th- there's a reasoning behind steering this narrative, you know, and, and, and different governments in different parts of the world have handled it much, much differently, you know, from one another, um, re- both rhetorically and like in terms of like the response, because as a country in the United States, it is not in our best interest or the best interest of our leaders to, you know, lean into, oh, it was here this early and CDC knew and they told us and we didn't do anything about it because, you know, um, whatever your political leanings are, I think it's hard to ignore the fact that our government didn't do a great job of of, of rushing in headlong and, and acknowledging the severity of this problem. When I was in New York City uh, right before things really hit the fan in terms of like the acceptance of, okay, this is a real deal. Uh, it was right before, you know, sheltering in place happened, maybe a week or two before. And a good friend of mine, a friend of the show, Matt Riddle, who is who you guys both know, um, he was telling me how this was going to go. He, he was already looking at like researchers that were studying how it was spreading in China and just the exponential nature of it. He drew me a, a chart on a napkin and I was just like, oh, come on, that's a bit extreme. Surely people will do a good job and not sneeze on each other. But no, he was absolutely right. He was already stocked up on hand sanitizer and ready for the long haul. Uh, but at that point, our government had not fully accepted that yet. So the fact that a dude that I know in New York drew me a map of exactly how this was going to go and it was exactly that way but yet our government couldn't accept it and start getting into testing early that's a little bit annoying well i would say another piece of evidence uh which i talked about on the show strange news daily and may have mentioned here on stuff they don't want you to know can be found in the insider trading accusations that have uh landed on the shoulders of no less than four members of Congress. The evidence is, uh, I won't say watertight, I won't say 100%, but the evidence is incredibly compelling that uh, at least some members of Congress knew about the threat before it hit the news, and not only did they uh, use that knowledge to make bank in the stock market, But they did it while they were telling their constituents that everything was fine, that the sky was not falling, that life could continue per normal. So so clearly, clearly it hit beforehand, even if we don't have all the questions about the genesis of COVID-19 in China, we do have evidence that like quantitative evidence that people in power, the first to hear the news of the threat and to take it seriously, decided to enrich themselves at the expense of the public. And again, to your point, Noel, that's not something that goes along the uh, convenient lines of political divide. That's just people uh, being greedy and not treating other people like human beings. You know, they say money talks. I mean, that is a reaction that you can trace. You know what people's motivations are. You're not going to do something like move your money around unless you have are acting on some good intel, like in, in the way that it was done in these situations. I mean, people move their money around for all kinds of reasons. But, uh, yeah. Um, do you have any specifics on on, on who or, or what kinds of deals were uh, were done? Sure. Uh, one one uh, example that would be familiar to a lot of our fellow listeners in the southeast of the U.S. and in Georgia specifically is Senator Kelly Loeffler. Uh, this is a Republican senator in Georgia, but this also includes accusations against people like uh, Democratic Senator Dianne Feinstein uh, or Jim Inhofe in Idaho. Uh, Originally, Richard Burr from North Carolina was also publicly identified. As of now, the investigations against these senators uh, 
against three of them, excuse me, against Inhofe, Feinstein, and Loeffler, appear to be closed, but the criminal investigation of Richard Burr as of uh, as of late June, at least, was still continuing. The FBI actually seized that man's mobile phone. Um, this This gets really tricky. We've talked about the U.S. Congress's existing conflicts of interest when it comes to insider trading. And we've talked about uh, various attempts of varying of <laughs> varying efficiency to try to nip that in the bud or plug the loopholes in the laws. Yeah. But I, I feel like that, I know that's a little bit different from, from what you're talking about here, Charlie, but I feel like that is really strong evidence that uh, for two things. First, COVID-19 likely did arrive in the contiguous United States before people were told it did. Secondly, at least some people knew it was coming and decided not to share that information, or at the very least to minimize it. Now, does that mean that there was an active kind of large-scale conspiracy? Not necessarily, because just like uh, just like any epidemiologist or anybody studying something while it's occurring, there's a bit of a fog of war. We have uncertainty, and uncertainty does not necessitate conspiracy. But my personal opinion, Congress is dirty. Yeah, I don't. I, I, I got no argument with you there. Yeah, I can go with that. Uh, well, why don't we take a quick break and then we'll come back with uh, some more messages from you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. And we're back. All right, everyone, we are going to head over to email for this message from Jay. We're just going with the letter J. 
He sent us a message, and this is what he said. If this stuff is annoying to see, just let me know. Then he pasted seven excellent links to stories, and they were all excellent, Jay. Uh, He says, seven is an esoteric number, so I'll stop there. I have no idea if any of this is true or not, but I don't like the way this email app is trying to predict my sentences. I think these may make cool episodes, if anything. Ben's my favorite intellectual superhero right now. (gasps) What? <laughs> Mine amazing. Oh, it's a good choice, cool. Jay. Good choice. Um, so we're gonna follow one of Jay's leads. It was a story he shared about Gibraltar and the large rock that sits atop it, or I guess is it, or a part of it. <laughs> um, so let's just let's talk about where Gibraltar is, what it is. If you look at a map of Spain, you will see. A little uh, section towards the, actually at the south tip, basically, you will find Gibraltar. And it is right there on the uh, Alborn Sea. And it's right where the Atlantic is on one side, essentially, and Alborn Sea on the other. Tangier is not directly across from it, but you'll see Morocco in Africa directly across from this thing called the Strait of Gibraltar. And it's a fairly, let's say, relatively small area of water between Spain and Morocco. Now, this is a very, very important place, this area right there, the Strait of Gibraltar, because it is the way that you can enter into the Mediterranean Sea from the Atlantic. And if you can imagine over the course of several world wars and other large-scale battles that have occurred for hundreds of years, you could use these areas around uh, Tangier, around Gibraltar, all along that strait there to basically look to see what enemy ships are doing to help coordinate with, if you're talking about navies, to help coordinate with uh, ships that would be on your side if you're, let's say, a largest military or something or a navy. Um, And the Rock of Gibraltar is a mountain, essentially, that juts out at Gibraltar there, right at the very tip. And the story we're going to talk about today has to do with the fact that this large rock is filled with holes and tunnels and places for people to travel and exist. And during World War II, the Rock of Gibraltar was utilized a ton There are all these tunnel systems within there and all kinds of different infrastructure that's built into it where you could have uh, hospitals, you could have places to eat, places to have people stay and house people. And during World War II, it was used as essentially a fortress to do exactly what we're talking about, to watch the any oncoming ships, to see movements of enemies and anything like that. And there is one particular story, a spy story, basically, about a use that Gibraltar could have had if the Nazi party had invaded that area of Spain and taken over the Rock of Gibraltar. I know I'm kind of going on a long walk here, guys. No, dude, I don't don't know much about the history of this. This is fascinating. So during World War II in the 1940s, the uh, British military was using this Rock of Gibraltar as a fortress. They had, you know, lots and lots of people stationed there, lots and lots of listening devices, all kinds of spycraft is occurring around there, and military people at the ready to fight if they needed to. And the secret plan had to do with if the Nazis, in fact, invaded and took over that large rock, the fortress itself, right? So they put together a top secret plan called Operation Tracer. Now, this is fascinating stuff. So it's it's a large, let's just say it's a large mountain filled with holes and tunnels that you can go into. You'd imagine that there would be some secret ones, right? Well, there was, in fact, one major secret area. It was fairly small, and it was kept secret for a long, long time. How long? So what... <laughs> well, since World War II, it was over 60 years. Um, so... The plan was to have a very small space that that included a water system that could filter water through, a place to bathe, a place for, I think, six people to live and stay. A very small cave area within this rock. 
And what they were going to do, if the Nazis evaded and took over, they would get sealed in to this area, to this part of the Rock of Gibraltar, and they had radio equipment in there and some other signals intelligence equipment, and they would monitor the activities of the Nazis as they were inhabiting the mountain fortress that they were inside of, buried in, basically. And they had supplies to stay there for an entire year. There were several contingency plans for them to possibly stay in there for up to three years, possibly seven years. Of course, having to do some kind of uh, communication to the outside to actually get supplies because they would have only had enough supplies initially for one year. Now, thankfully, this full-on sealing into the mountain plan never had to uh, get enacted. But there were six men that were chosen to actually go into this cave and run operations there um, as part of spycraft, essentially, for British intelligence. And you can actually go now to the Rock of Gibraltar and see this place. It's called the Stay Behind Cave. Now, there are only 30 people a year allowed to go into this rock and actually tour the Stay Behind Cave, and that's Wait. probably changed with COVID restrictions. Yeah. Why Why that few? Like, what, do they have to have some kind of, like, clearance or something? Like, I'm, uh, that's, that's, a, that's such a low number. I honestly don't know why it's restricted so much. Maybe it's like, um, you know, the line outside of a really exclusive club. If we can only let in 30 people at a time. Velvet <laughs> rope of Gibraltar. <laughs> well, maybe it, it also may be possibly due to safety concerns because this outfit, there, there are miles of tunnels throughout the area. And for any, anybody who's been involved in recreational spelunking, you know that if you visit something like uh, the Mammoth Caves or even something like Ruby Falls uh, just over the border from Georgia and Tennessee, that there are, there are occasionally areas of a cavern system that are considered unsafe for non-professionals. But um, I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe the mundane answer is funding. Maybe they just don't want to put the money into making the entire thing safe. This is startling. It's surprising that it's not uh, in the news more often, I guess. Uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff happening anyway, so it's it's not surprising maybe that it's not featured more prominently. But this was such a secret, from what I understand, that the guy who came up with it, uh, Rear Admiral John Henry Godfrey, if that's correct, he he was afraid to have meetings in government installations about this. So when it was finding those six spies, he just had them over at his house on the pretense of a non-work hangout, which is really the the way you want to do stuff. And these guys were not living in luxury. Instead of a tub, if you look at the the map of what is essentially their their fallout shelter, it's constructed like one of those, uh, they have a wash pit. Yeah, which, they do. <laughs> which is... Not the best name. Not it was not the best name. They also put cork on the floor, like cork tiles, so that they could mask their own footsteps while they're in a giant mountain fortress. You, you'd think that that wouldn't be such an issue, but I suppose it absolutely would. Uh, any sounds? It's crazy. But the 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 six men that did go in, they were undercover for I think two and a half years, maybe, or at least several of them were. Um, and they were in the, the rock. They weren't necessarily sealed in, I don't believe, but they were there operating in that stay-behind cave, I suppose. And there there are a couple of um, procedural concerns if they did implement this, uh, this policy. First off, talk about commitment. We always hear about people being willing to die for their country, but how about being willing to be buried alive with a very slight chance of getting out? Uh, one big loophole in this, which is difficult, is that we know, given the geographic importance of the rock, I, I love that you call it the rock, Matt. It makes it sound so much cooler. Uh, not get, that the rock. Not that the rock. Or that the rock. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, neither Sean Connery nor Dwayne, unfortunately, <laughs> are involved in this. But But one big loophole here is that they were, from what I understand, planning to seal the ingress with cement 
And sealing it with cement, unless you're very clever about it, would be a dead giveaway that there's something worth digging up, especially if you are a uh, if you are a Nazi party that has just conquered such an important area, you're going to expect there to be something something behind, you know, whether it's whether it's a um, a radio outfit hidden in someone's attic in a neglected neighborhood, or whether it's something on this level, which is amazing. And you know what? Maybe the reason only 30 people are allowed to tour a year is because uh, there are still ongoing operations in the subterranean areas of the rock. And maybe they have to like, maybe it's seasonal, right? I'd be interested to see that up to 30 people a year thing. Does that only happen during like, you know, four months of the year, the way a derecho occurs. Two uh, days. <laughs> two days. <laughs> 15 people every day for two days. That's and, <laughs> and and maybe the rest of the year, there are people working in the area. Yeah, there's a different group of spies uh, that are in there. Actually, all most of the time, they're using it. It's a shared use space. Oh, uh, good. <laughs> it's, it's finally the timeshare secret listening center that we've we've all loved. Condos are out. Spy uh, HQs are in. Do you think they have a rumpus room? Is there like a, like a Miss Pac-Man machine or at least pool tables, <laughs> bumper pool, foosball? No. None of that? No, no. They, they did have a bike that was able to generate electricity, and it also had a fan on it. So it's believed that perhaps this bike that was manually powered would actually be one of the only, no, the only source of moving air throughout their system they did have an observation, what they called slit, where they could see uh, out and in, in, into the waters and actually observe ships and, and all kinds of movements there. There was also one area that you could see out above, just above, but it was very small. And it appears that you could escape, maybe if you really wanted to or you had to, maybe with some tools. Pretty creepy. I can't imagine, can't imagine having to be sealed in there for a whole year. They would have died. Some of them would have died. Well, that obviously. was the whole sealing them in, right? There, yeah. there was a plan to actually cement them in to a separate little part of the chamber if they did die, so they wouldn't be discovered if the secret chamber was discovered. Mm. Yeah, Yikes. loose soil in the entrance passage. So think about that. That's one of the uh, that's one of the first things you see if you're one of these six spies heading into the uh, HQ. You see the dirt where you may well end up being buried. That is intense. Well, hey, we're we're only barely scratching the surface of this one, but you know, maybe we can come back to it and talk about it more and then eventually, you know, jump into modern deep cover spies and maybe what's going on right now. Ooh. But for that, that's it for now, Jay. Thanks so much for writing to us. We'll check out the other links you sent as well. All right, we're gonna take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer? Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. 
Attention, true crime enthusiast, searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals. Your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. And we have returned. Our third piece of listener mail today arrives from Ashley H. Ashley, you wrote to us in regards to something that I had personally never heard about. And you said the following... Hey guys, I was curious to see if you had heard the conspiracy surrounding Chris Cornell and Chester Bennington that they did not commit suicide, but were murdered. Ashley, you go on to explain, apparently before Chris Cornell died, he was the main financial support and producer of a documentary exposing the child sex trafficking industry. And he had gotten Chester, that's Chester Bennington, to also participate with interviews and music for the documentary. The conspiracy is that they were all murdered for producing this documentary. The documentary was canceled not long after Chris Cornell had passed. It was started by Lisa Beam and her fiancé, Leroy Moore. She was the only one involved in the project that's apparently still alive and refuses to talk about it. And then, Ashley, you included a link from someone who believes this to be the case. Uh, You also noted... I would say it sounds far-fetched, but from what I know about the Epstein BS, I truthfully wouldn't be surprised if this conspiracy was rooted in truth as well. I'm curious what you guys think. So we all know Chris Cornell, Chester Bennington, right? Soundgarden, Lincoln Park, Audio Slave. Uh, unfortunately, like many musicians, they left too soon uh, and they had a struggle toward the end of their life. We've all been able to look at the the case laid out here, and it's it's exactly what Ashley has described, that they were in the midst of working on an explosive, revelatory documentary about child trafficking, one that would, um, as, as is so often said, one that would name names, by which we mean be uh, specific in terms of what it was describing, the timeline, and the people involved. But before we uh, explore this, I I just want to ask, Matt, Noel, is this something that you all had heard of previously? Uh, Not I, no. Honestly, it's not. I did a little bit of searching for something that's being titled The Silent Children, I believe, documentary that has something to do with Chris Cornell. And I'm not, I'm honestly not certain if this is about the conspiracy or something that was being produced by Chris Cornell, but you can certainly find a lot of this. Um, If you go down a Reddit rabbit hole, you'll find several posts about this. Seems to be similar to the messaging that's out there on Facebook that Ashley sent to us. Right. Yeah. So I did a little bit of digging as well. One thing that was interesting is that the origin point of this of this story seems to come from a website called Your News Wire, uh, and seems to date back to 2017. We'll recall that Chester Bennington himself passed away on July 20th, 2017, in California, uh, two months after. Chris Cornell also passed away. It is true that Bennington and Cornell were friends 
And it's also, if we want to throw some more um, connections on there, it's also true that Bennington took his life on what would have been Chris Cornell's 53rd birthday. So in, in several ways, the two musicians are linked, but it seems that when you dig into that story reported by your news wire, it doesn't, it doesn't quite have the sand that it claims to have. So Palos Verdes, that's where, uh, that's where Bennington passed away. The police in Palos Verdes didn't make any of the comments that they were purported to have made in your news wire. And the Quotes that were attributed to them don't appear in any other news report about the incident. You know, one thing that happens a lot with celebrities when they pass away is that we don't want them to be gone. That's why people still believe that Elvis is running around somewhere, right? That's why people believe for a long time that Tupac Shakur faked his death and possibly immigrated to Cuba, right? Mm. Uh, in some of these cases, these questions are completely understandable. I still think there was a lot of uh, shady conspiratorial stuff surrounding the death of Tupac Shakur, surrounding the death of Biggie Smalls. But uh, one thing that powers a lot of this speculation in these sorts of cases is going to be the absence of a concrete autopsy report. In the case of Chris Cornell, you can go look at the autopsy report. It was uploaded. It's online. So then the question becomes, is this the real autopsy report? Has it been somehow doctored? Again, I mean, that's a possibility. Like, where's JFK's brain? That's what I keep going back to when someone says, hey, these conspiracies about death are uh, just made up campfire stories. Uh, you know, people's body parts go missing. There, There is... there. These things do not get created out of whole cloth. However, in this case, it appears that, I don't want to say it's completely not true. I don't know what you guys think, but it, but it appears that a lot of the claims that were made in support of this theory are um, have been disproven. Yes. So I have been before a massive fan of DMB. Uh Ye old David Matthews ing bands. And I never knew uh, this about you, Matt, and I'm never going to be able to look at you the same way again after this. Well, Carter <laughs> Beauford, in my opinion, is one of the greatest drummers he's a fabulous alive. Drummer. It's and yeah, fantastic. I modeled a lot of what I do after him initially. Um, but also, I, Leroy Moore, the, the person supposedly who whom started the Silent Children documentary with his wife. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming it's the same person. That's the only Leroy Moore I know. He's a saxophonist for for that band for a time until he passed away in 2008. Online, I'm seeing a lot of uh, stuff about how Leroy Moore and his wife started this documentary in 2012, uh, four years after his passing. So maybe it was done in his name, mm. um, if it if the story is true. But I can't find official not even official reporting. I don't need it to come from New York times, but I need it to be cited somewhere where Leroy is talking about it, where his wife's talking about it, where somebody is mentioning this documentary, where I just, I need to see something other than a message from a third party or a 12th party, whoever they are that just says, Hey, this is happening. And here's a picture, the meme of four people who died by suicide and they, we're all working on this documentary because I said so. Yeah, that's the truth, and and I agree. We have to be we have to be considerate, and we have to be cognizant of the fact that again, these are real people. These aren't just names or brands that passed away. There's always the question of whether, with the best of intentions, people are being exploitative or callous when we're uh, when we're spinning tales about someone passing away. And again, when musicians of that prominence pass away so unexpectedly, it, it, it makes sense to try to find the logic behind their expiration. Also, Matt, I'm with you. I was into Dave Matthews band as well. Never close enough to, uh, never close enough to him to use a full initialism, 
but uh <laughs> but I gotta say, I I think you know this already. I've had I had these like reoccurring dreams for years and years and years where I'd be at a Dave Matthews concert and the violinist would come out and like just spew vitriol about how he knew he was in the crowd and he hated me. And I would see justice one day. And still, you know, that's kind of a dream. I for a long time I kind of wanted uh, not a super famous, but a semi-famous person to have an inexplicable beef with me. <laughs> well, you should start a beef with Stefan Lassard, bass player of DMV. He was a real, real young guy when he started, and he was way too young to be able to be playing with those gentlemen, Stefan. <laughs> so we're starting beef with you. You're too talented and young when you started DMB. So, yeah, you're too great. <laughs> DMB. Oh, man. I, I, I do want to add, I mean, you know, Chris Cornell's struggle with depression and, and, and Chester Bennington's as well, they're pretty well documented. I mean, you know, like from their family members they left behind, they all were pretty openly acknowledging that, yes, their their beloved, you know, human uh, was, was, in fact, ha- having a struggle with, with depression um, and suicidal ideation and stuff. So I, I don't know. It, I don't. So I never was super suspicious or anything around that. I mean, there are situations where, you know, like with Epstein, for example, where I think the jury is definitely still out on a very large scale as to whether or not that man killed himself. Um, Being of a certain character, a type of person that would likely go to any length to protect themselves and to skirt the law and to, you know, not be brought to justice as opposed to someone who suffered from self-doubt and and depression. Um, Again, you can't know people in that way, but it does seem like from reading accounts from, you know, the folks that these two gentlemen left behind that this, this story does check out. And of course, as always, if you have evidence that you believe shows there is something more to this story, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us uh, through any number of means, uh, except for apparently uh, Pinterest, uh, you know, <laughs> but but you can also, you can find us on Facebook, you can find us on Twitter, you can find us on Instagram. Who knows, man? Maybe we'll Tumblr. start a, Tumblr, LiveJournal. Maybe we'll start a MySpace. I don't know. Maybe MySpace is coming back. I, I, I'm not sure. Uh, but... Ugh. <laughs> but we're conspiracy stuff on Twitter. We're uh, here's where it gets crazy on Facebook. We've got some of the best mods in the business. It's where you can see uh, news and stories and suggestions from our fellow listeners. Uh, and we're conspiracy stuff show on Instagram because somehow I think somebody beat us to conspiracy stuff. I don't know who they are, but if you're listening, congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations. I hope you feel really good about yourselves. <laughs> I could have just sincerely. been. Oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> we could have just been Stadidwick at all of those places, but I think I think conspiracy stuff is the way to go. So just type that in anywhere you want to. You'll find us on YouTube, in fact. YouTube.com slash conspiracy stuff. Go there. Mm-hmm. Subscribe. Check it out. You can get in on. I guess we call the second ground floor, the 33rd ground floor, the 666th ground floor. Anyway, come on in on the 13th floor. That's the one. No, that's the one they skip. There's no 13th. (laughs) (laughs) Do there's no fourth floor in a lot of uh, buildings in the Pacific region or in Japan? Yeah, it it occurs in Korea and Japan uh, because it's kind of it's seen as unlucky. Traditionally, same way the number 13 is here. And the fancy word for being afraid of the number four, it's so easy. Tetraphobia. So if you're tetraphobia. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, it, if you have some more strange words or some strange beliefs, you have proof that there's more to the deaths of these celebrities. If you have proof about the emergence of COVID, if you have been down inside secret caves of the Rock of Gibraltar. We want to hear from you. So take a page from Charlie, Jay, and Ashley's book. If you don't like social media, you can always give us a call. Our number is 1-833-STDWYTK. Leave us a message. Anything you want to say, we are down. Just, uh, Just leave it and we'll hear it. And we're excited to hear from you. If you don't want to do any of that, leave us a good old-fashioned email. We are conspiracy at iheartradio.com. 
Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. From BBC Radio 4. Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax. Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T E R M I N I X.com.